So you're coming up with the ideas now, are you? You came up with the idea, you <laughs> fuckhead. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. Stephen, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. And this is Fools with Tools, the perpetual podcast. Gentlemen, how are we? How's everyone doing? Brett, how are you? What have you been up to? Hello. Hi. How are you? So, it's been a very good week. For some reason, it's all centering around lighting or electrical work, which is nice. something I've clearly talked about. I'm not super keen on. But I made some lanterns or some sconces out of scrap steel and some stuff that I bodged together from the hardware store. <laughs> I know I talked about it on the last podcast, but it was a really nice balance of buying the pre-made stuff to serve a very specific function. Yep. And then really by the end of it, now that I've got it installed on the outside of the shop, it aside from the piece of glass inside it, it I was going to say, like you, you didn't go as far as blowing your own masonry jars. <laughs> oh, Lord. I kind of wish I did. So yeah, I got the solar setup, little lights on the front of the shop. So now when you open the doors, like I'll be able to have this very, you know, it'll add to the vignette of everything nice. instead of just this little lit box. Considering I spent fifty dollars <laughs> on the materials, I'm I'm well happy. And if anybody listening was on the Patreon Instagram that I have, uh, I showed the initial photo of the uh, reference light that I was really keen on, but it was $500 for one of them. And it was just like, no, I can't. This is absurd to think that you would spend $500 on a single sconce. Anyhow, we finished that and I happened to be cleaning Mike's old room, the spare room that we had. And I ran across some Goal Zero equipment the solar company that uh, Ben and Mike and everybody's worked with out here. Obviously, I use the little battery packs when I go out to the forge because I still don't have power on site. Well, I found the kit that hooks your service box on the outside of your house into a goal zero and will run all the outlets. You know, it, it turns it into a generator. That's, okay. that's what it is. It's meant to be a backup generator. And so I asked Ben and Mike, I was just like, hey, I don't know if you guys are using this, but like, can I try this, please, for the love of Christ? And they were kind enough to say, yes, I spent all day over at the cabin yesterday and ended the day with turning all of my lights on and the ceiling <laughs> fan and the nice. bathroom fan. And like, awesome. I won't even say it's bodged together. Like it, it was very simple um, in terms of what they provide you for the kit and what I had going on in my service panel, because I think a typical house service panel would have a slew of breakers and a lot of wires that need to be hooked up. Mine had four. Mm -hmm. That's it. And it just so happens that the gold zero switch breaker box thing had four. So okay. it was yeah. Perfect. It was a really easy lift on my end. <clears throat> but you know, just stripping wires down and, and connecting them together, it just felt like I hadn't done that in a very long time. I didn't know where the failure points were gonna be. And now that I have what is effectively solar, I'm running off-grid solar. So it means it's low amperage. I'm, you know, it's not like I'm going to be able to plug a table saw in out there, but to have lights on in the house and charge a phone out of a wall outlet or even be able to test stuff like testing the light switches and realize that somebody put the gang box in upside down. So instead of off being off, it's off is on. But I can do all of those tests so that by the time we get to the zoning and coding and hopefully final paperwork, I'll have already done all of the troubleshooting. So when the power company comes out, they don't 
tell me I have to yeah. pay them more money to yeah. solve the problems. So now all I've got to do is throw a solar panel up on the roof and hope that everything charges. I, I know there's math online in terms of how much sun comes in that will recharge the battery to full, whatever, but there's a lot of opportunity now and I feel just motivated beyond reason. <laughs> and I got home last night and I was just like, I was so happy and I was shaking. <laughs> and anybody that watched my Instagram stories knows that I was very excited last night. Uh, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Because I uh, I saw the post you put up on Instagram with the actual sconces in, and at first I, I genuinely looked at them and was like, "What the fuck is that? Like, why have just why have you put a picture of something up that you've bought?" Um, mm. But yeah, no, they they look really good. I uh, I, I thought you crazy. called them biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> wow, fucking idiot. Uh, yeah, Must be Monday. Genuinely, until uh, I think it was when Zach. Uh, put up his wall sconce video thing. I never knew they were cool sconces. I I just called them lights, like wall lights. Like, I, I Scott that sounds a like a, a, the frilly bit around the bottom of a bed. It doesn't sound like a light. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'm 100 mm -hmm. with you there. It's it's weird. Um, speaking of things that are weird, Al, what have you been up to this week? I had an ad adventurous weekend. Yes, um, it got to late Friday night. And I was trawling Facebook Marketplace, which I know is a bad thing to do, looking for extremely specific car parts, which I've got littered around me as we speak, like uh, an airbox and things like that, which you can't yeah. get anywhere. Um, and there's the, the, the occasional person breaking a car, which basically means they don't want to sell you anything and they have no intention of taking anything off the car. And the just I don't know why I don't know why these people put things on Facebook, but they do. So I, I bullied people into sending me pictures of things I needed and giving me prices and all that shit. And then I was like, right, well, I'll come and pick it up because you were for some reason you don't understand how the postal service works in the UK. So I will <laughs> I will drive the length of the country to pick this stuff up. Um yeah. so I did that Friday night straight after work. I just set off. Um, I know it's trivial, Brett. This is like the equivalent of you going to the hardware store five hours away. But <laughs> <laughs> for, for me, this is the length of the country. Um, and I ended up in lovely Devon, um, a little bit south of, of, of Young Stephen's uh, abode. Uh, lovely countryside. Um, all, all of the Suzuki's in the country are down that way. I don't know why. <laughs> They're all on farms or down by the seaside because that's where everyone uses them. So they're all down there. They're all rotted to fuck because they're all on farms and down by the seaside. Um, so I, what I was basically doing was just driving around the whole South Coast, visiting various people on Facebook and buying car parts off them, <laughs> which was a, a fucking... I, I've met some what what people refer to as characters. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I met some strange folk um, and heard some strange tales. And I found a wonderful campsite um where i stayed the night a couple of nights um which ironically i needed a four by four to get onto the campsite because <laughs> it was it was a farmer's field but it was like you know enter at your own peril yeah um and there's loads of cars stuck but it, it would it was the perfect place if you just had a four by four you could just go on this farm and mm. park up and there was forests and fireplaces and some people had built their own sort of permanent shelters in the woods and they were like, oh, they're regulars. They come and camp all the time. They build their own little hideouts. Um, so that was super nice. Yeah, and I just spent the weekend driving around, going to Cornwall and Somerset and 
yeah, went to the beach. It was really nice. Um, got everything I needed, various really specific parts for a car, which you just can't <laughs> buy. And then the last guy I went to speak to, he had five in his driveway. Um, he, again, he was a character. He was dis- he was disabled. He had brain damage and loads of surgery all down the side of his body because I think he'd had yeah. some sort of bike accident. And his outlet now was these four by fours. And yeah. he was just, he, he's he literally his whole driveway was just covered in Vitaras <laughs> in various states of just like utter disrepair and yeah. falling apart. Um, and so I was just ratching around, picking off little bits of clips and plastic and all this trim and stuff I needed. Because these people don't care about this stuff. They just want no. it to run. You know, yeah. will it go off road? Has it got tires on it? Whereas yeah. I'm, I'm looking for like the the driver's on side course. clip for the plastic yeah. trim on the inside above the wing mirror and like, you know. Um, and so I got everything I needed. And then one of the cars had just an engine in the boot. And, it, and he was just like, oh, yeah, this is all going to the scrapyard tomorrow. And I was like, well, even the engine? He's like, yeah, and it's, it's, does it run? He's like, yeah, it's only got 80,000 on it. And I was like, well, how much are they going to give you scrap at the engine? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how much it weighs. It's this much a ton. And I was like, you know they're like aluminium, right? They don't weigh anything. Yeah. And he, like, he's worked it out, and you get like 30 quid scrap for this engine. Ah. And I was like, you've well, got another engine now. And I'll, go, I'll give you 30 quid for an engine. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've got three engines. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, Is it the same engine that's already in yours? Though? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, on 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 the way back, I was having very romantic ideals about a twin twin engined car. So one on the front axle and one on the back back axle. Yeah. It's fully independent. Um, just basically like talk city. So I, I'm, I'm, my next mission is working out how to install this second engine. No. Um, that was fun. As I say, <laughs> lovely weekend away, drinking lots of cider, soaking in lots of sunshine, and then. As of today, I am the owner operator of a fully road legal Suzuki Vitara. Woohoo! Dude, congratulations. I, I it, it sailed through its MOT, but it didn't. It failed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was like two or three really super trivial minor yeah. thing, minor things which I've managed to fix. Um I put it straight through the test again. And I got a call about five o'clock today just saying, come and pick it up. So tomorrow morning I'll go down and pick it up. Um and drive it home, which will be glorious. Yeah. Congrats. That is yeah. fantastic. Because then the fun can begin. I can start fucking around now. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't have to worry about like, like, all the shit you're worrying about with the house and like getting all this to code and stuff. That's now just a weight off my back. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. It's fucking awesome, man. Um, Wait, did you guys get to hang out, though? Steve sent me a really. Uh... You were in his town because. So, no, I wasn't in his photo. town. I was. I was... <laughs> like 200 Damn. miles away and and I, and I was like well i'm i'm down in the west coast if i don't tell steve i'm here he'll, he'll get a fucking lip on <laughs> so i just sent a message to steve saying pint question mark yeah kind of with the intention you know meet you halfway or you know maybe you fancy a trip out to to devon that's not and, what happened and steve was just like yeah what time will you get here and so i just i i drove it, the thing is england is shaped like an l right <laughs> And and I always forget this, that the distance from the north of England to the south of England is yeah. the same distance as from the east of England to the west of England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I always think that if I'm ever on the south coast, I'm just like, oh, it's it's there. It's only like ten minutes away. It's like, yeah, yeah. And also, there are no roads there. No. They didn't they didn't plan for any infrastructure when they <laughs> built this um, retirement village for all these old rich white people. Um, so there's there's 
there's there's no way of getting anywhere unless you unless literally you drive like through like fields and country <laughs> roads and like horse tracks and stuff. So I'm, I, I yeah I, I got to Steve's and it was glorious. Did you guys? Did you end up at the Royal George or the other yes, tavern? We went to yes. the George. We went to the oh. beer garden in the George, and it was glorious. It was sunshine. We had a a, a romantic meat platter for two <laughs> and pints of dry cider. Um, it was yeah, it was very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I am good. Um, so jealous and, and sad. <laughs> <laughs> the last yeah. time we did that, where we we just had the crew and everyone yeah. was sitting outside, Ugh, just very good memories. Oh, and, like, oh, and also, um, changing the subject to cars for a moment. Um, have to. I did get to see Steve's truck in inverted commas, yes. Yes. which was very exciting. Mm. Uh, see a, a quasi rolling chassis. Um, it's almost yeah. like it could be a real thing if you ever actually get it out. Yeah. Well, I'm funnily enough. Uh, so part of the thing that we discussed when we were there is the the prospect of getting it moved over to my parents' place so I can. Uh, so when we have the the kind of truck weekend, uh, we can get it worked on. Um, and uh, it just so happens that my local welding supply store, uh, the unit that they used to be in. Um, they kind of like downsized and they're, they're now in like half the unit rather than the whole thing. Uh, it's been taken over by a car body repair, pay, repair place that has a uh, basically like a, a transit with a ramp on the back um, car transporter thing. Um, so I'm going to pop in there and be like, uh, if I give you some money, can you just move it from here to here on a Saturday? Um, mm. And see what they say. Failing that, I've got a... Uh, another friend that runs a garage who I'm fairly certain will know someone that can do it for us. Nice. Um, so yeah, we can get that shifted over there. Um, and that was actually kind of going to be my plan for uh, this week is get that ready to be moved at some point. Um, Cause there's a few bits that need doing. There's some bits that I took off that I don't know where they are anymore. So they'll be in a safe place, Steve. Yeah. Very safe. Very, very safe. I don't know where. Um, but yeah, no, that was, uh, that, it sounds like you've had a good good week. Well, good weekend anyway. Um, uh, what was I going to, I was going to say something else about uh, the Vitaras and stuff. I don't know. It, <laughs> it, it probably would have been a really funny, really interesting point about your cars. Uh, but I can't remember it. Um, but yes, I. Oh, oh, oh. Um, tr- trivia, trivia. Uh, I. I went down today to the garage just to double check everything because I need to replace the seatbelts and stuff in order for it to pass. Yeah. Um, and the guy came out with the, with the key and I, I had I had the spare key with me. I was like, oh, no, it's fine. It's okay. He's like, oh, no, no, what's this? And he dangled the keys in front of me. I was like, oh, have you not seen Firefly? <laughs> and the keys had serenity on he was like oh no but it's great and all the like all the guys in the carriage were banging on about this key with the spaceship on it <laughs> <laughs> but then my spare key also had a, a serenity on it as well so i got yeah. two <laughs> so i had these two like car keys with serenities on and then he was like when i left i, was, I just made sure i was like oh, have you got the spare key and he's like well, yeah. the one with the spaceship on <laughs> So hopefully we'll have another um, Firefly fan in our midst because as I was leaving, he's like, "Oh yeah, I love sci-fi, but I've never heard of it." He was like, "He was, he, he was one of them young people." Yeah. So he's obviously never heard of it. Yeah, he's one of them young folks. I told him to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> a good shout. Um, 
yeah i uh i i did briefly remember oh that's what i was gonna say did you um because i know i know you had a bit of of uh trouble with the seatbelt. was that all is that all sorted now yeah i'm assuming I, well i just house. i literally took him out of the spares car ah cool okay yeah. cool that was it that's interesting story. no but it was, it was one of them subjective things like yeah it's a bit loose it's like well what's your measurement what's yeah. your unit of measurement a bit loose yeah, I, I didn't want to argue the point. I was like, it's a fucking brand new seatbelt. I've just had it redone and refurbished by <laughs> professional seatbelt refurbishmenters. Refurbishmenters? Yeah, past the fucker. But I, yeah, I just didn't have the energy, so I just, yeah, I just I literally know. replaced it. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yeah, uh, well, as well as having um, the lovely Mr. Shaq uh, down here, um, on Friday, I, I had... Uh, or we had uh, Craig Lockwood from Trap Knives and the Kniff Talk podcast um, in the workshop, uh, which was good fun. Um, super nice to actually get to to see him face to face as opposed to just on a screen. Um, had a, a chat with him, had a laugh. Um, he, uh, we, I. I genuinely thought that because he was a knife maker, I just had this assumption that he had a fairly good idea of like forging processes just because even though I know he doesn't forge, like he's around people that do all the time. And so I just assumed that there was like some base knowledge of it there. And there was not. He had like, he'd never done anything like it. He hadn't really any experience with it. so it it was really really fun going through stuff with him, even down to like simple stuff like uh, we did. Um, I I tempered a uh, a blacksmith knife, so we we had a course this weekend as well, and I was just doing some kind of practice prep for that. Um, and so one of the bits that I was doing was uh, tempering this blacksmith knife on a hot block, um, and did that, and was like telling him like, oh yeah, because we're just waiting for the colours to draw through, and he just looked at me blankly. I was like, well, <laughs> you know. You know the temper colors and and again just looked at me blankly i was like oh okay and kind of went through all of this and like talked about you know the fact that that's how they would have done it back in ye olde days and all this mm. um and and the fact that we still rely on the colors quite a lot um and yeah it, it was it was really cool getting to kind of um so what does this. he think happens when the the like the bevel goes funny colors when he's grinding it <laughs> well, <laughs> I, th- I think he just doesn't let it go funny okay. guys. <laughs> Fair enough. But but yeah, because like pretty much everything he does is all it's all digital. It's all digitally controlled. He doesn't really True, have anything yeah, to yeah. do with it. Um and yeah, it was it was really interesting just because he said like we we both end up with the same product, but we go about it in completely different ways. Um that. yeah, it was really, really cool. Like I I would definitely love to get him on here one day and, and have a, a chat. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, he uh, so he did that. Um, we got him forging out something. Uh, he had like probably about forty-five minutes. Uh, so we decided to try and condense the one-day blade in a day course into oh, forty-five God. minutes, um, and tried to go through like the differences between using coke and using gas, like basic forging techniques, all the way through to advanced forging techniques. Forge out this blade and the handle. And it, it was. He's a little bit rushed, but hats off to him. He he did really well. He for someone that had never uh, picked up a hammer in that sense before, um, yeah, he he did surprisingly well. Um, uh, I got to listen to the uh, no talk podcast because also so he had forty five minutes, then got on the motorway to get back up to Wales, 
um, was already running late because he was we basically he was supposed to leave at three and ended up leaving about half past. Um, uh, got stuck in traffic of everyone trying to get like up into Wales for their holidays, and because we oh that's what that was yeah ah uh, right that explains yeah. a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah the traffic was I was going the opposite direction yeah <laughs> um and uh he he'd had a bit too much of our coffee as well and shot apparently... himself yeah basically <laughs> it was just the, like clenched bump cheeks the whole way um <laughs> so uh <laughs> So yeah, I, I ended up getting a lot of shit on the uh, on the Knife Talk podcast for that. But then he did say some very, very lovely things. Um, so that was good. Oh, really? Because I have a message from him that says otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> um, to be fair, I've got several messages from him that say otherwise. <laughs> and from Fedor as well. Um, there you go. But yeah, uh, so that was really good. And then obviously Saturday I got to spend a bit of time with, uh, with Harry Bollocks over there. Um, and then ended up going to uh joe's house so joe blacksmith joe's, joe, house? joe's house uh <laughs> dick uh who he's he's just bought a new house so he'd moved in last weekend uh went in had a pizza party it was great uh we all failed at making pizzas and getting them off of the uh the pizza peel they call, because... they call that the launch now steve yeah, really get with it. the lingo now mm. everyone owns a fucking uni there's apparently a whole <laughs> new lexicon of yeah. words that you have to use when well, you're talking about pizzas well that's because the unis have like upped their production quality and dropped their prices by like 400 quid mm. um so it's actually worth getting one now um although i still prefer the stadler um but yeah uh well it's because he was using flour rather than like um polenta thank you polenta i was gonna say semolina and then was like that's something yeah um but yeah, so I sent him a load of uh, massa flour um, so that he could use that because that works really well as well. Uh, and also, it means I can go over and make tacos, and I love tacos. Um, tacos, tacos. Uh, yeah. What else? Cleaned up the cameras earlier in the week. Uh, so the film cameras that I've had sitting there on the shelf for ages are now over there and clean and working and usable. Um, and I've gone out with one of them and just taken a load of shots. It was like. Cleaned them all up, then realized that the batteries were dead in all of them. So I had to order a load oh, yeah, of batteries. Yeah, batteries. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to order a load of uh, the little like watch batteries uh, off Amazon. Oh, not the massive, like chubby, oh, no, no. random camera batteries that are not no. any size that anyone ever has for anything. Size no. in. Yeah. You yeah. had to buy those at one point. Uh, no, these, these are LR44s and SR44s. Oh, nice. um, but yeah, ordered, ordered the batteries and then realized that I, I don't have any film. So I had to order some film as well. Um, you said you had film, you yeah. liar. I've, I've got one roll of black and white, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like six years old, and I don't know if it's any good. So yeah, I don't want to fine. test the camera with film. I don't know if it's good, because if it comes out shit, I'm not going to know if it's the film or the camera. Yeah, um, fair. So yeah, uh, playing around with that a little bit this week. Uh, the other thing that I was doing, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, I need to get some uh, light seal for it as well. Um yeah, then we did the class yesterday. That was super fun. Um, it was weird getting back into teaching again. It was really nice, like getting a, a group of people come in. Um, it's the first time I've run the Blade in a Day completely on solo. Uh, so normally I would hand off the the grinding section of the the class over to Joe, um, but obviously couldn't this time because it was because there's only four students in, so we're not going to have two teachers for four students. Um, 
but yeah, did that. And it was, it was really fun. It was so nice getting like new, fresh, interesting people in the workshop again. Um, and kind of like that interaction and teaching. I was very, very rusty with the teaching. Um, but everyone walked away with a, a good looking uh, blade at the end of it. Um, no one died. So yeah, I was pretty happy. And no one actually burnt their knives this time around, which I think is it's quite a good thing. Because normally at least one person burns a blade. So very happy with that. Um, and yeah, that was that was kind of it. And then today uh, we were supposed to start recording at half six. But we had to start recording. Supposed, yeah. Uh, uh, but we had to start recording. I, I don't care. Um, we had to start recording at twenty-two instead. Well, actually, we were supposed to start recording at then twenty-two, but then someone was doing something else. Uh, because I have finally my treasure trade from uh, from Douglas Dixon this year, DSD Designs. Um, to be fair, he does have an extremely good excuse, which is that he had a kid uh, just around Christmas time. So, like, it, I, I don't see how that's your problem. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's a pretty good excuse for taking a little while to get it over. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I was like the the last man kind of waiting, or the last person waiting for the uh, the treasure trade, which segues beautifully. It actually does. Yeah. See, it's like it's almost like I thought about that one. Uh, into the topic. Did you? Did, I know. I know none of you listen to the podcast, but if you noticed last week, I just completely edited it, so the segue made absolutely no sense. And it's just, it's just you going, and that segue is beautiful. <laughs> you bastard! Um, yeah, no, I, I, I hadn't. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it now. Bants. It was mainly um, due to your shitty internet than anything else. But... All right. Yeah. Uh, which uh, everyone at home, I've, I've already told these guys. Should hopefully be fixed in two weeks' time when the new internet turns up. You know, and you can, when you change you can your thank internet, Jamie Reader for that because I had to do a hangout with him to fix something else. And mm -hmm. whilst I was on it, he just went, "Your internet shit, sort it out now." <laughs> uh, uh, okay, and he just sent me a, a link to you switch. I was like, "Okay, I'll do it now." <laughs> um, sorry, yes, you were asking a question. Uh, I was just gonna say, just a word of warning. You know, when you change your internet provider, it doesn't change the internet. In any capacity at all. No, but it, I'm going. I'm <laughs> I'm going onto fiber now. Rather That's than... what's out. Now mm. you're talking. And and to be fair, this is only the second. I've lived here for ten years, and this is only the second time I've I've upgraded my deal, which means that I've been paying like twice the going rate for oh God. like at least six years. Um. So yeah, my oh, nice fiber. Fiber's the bomb. Ah, yeah. Well, I say fiber. It's 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 probably not going to be fiber. It's probably going to be fucking over copper. Stuff, yeah, but... hemp. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah what did it make it the twine works yeah <laughs> um so yeah that segues beautifully into uh the thingy um because the, like so i i want to get good internet because we we intend to keep this podcast going uh unlike see yeah see twice in a row uh unlike uh some of our colleagues um so obviously last week we talked a little bit about the fact that um uh, Makers International are stopping, and that was quickly followed by the sad news that the guys from Reclaimed Audio are also um, going to be stopping and hanging up their headphones. Make um, your own way, guys. Called it a day. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, they did as well, didn't they? Um, yeah, everyone, everyone's stopping. Uh, apparently, there's, there's something uh, called... Um, uh, Life? Ah, fuck. No. Uh, no. So, something it? Fixing it? Faking, Faking it. it. Faking it podcast. Yeah. Apparently, they're still going. Um, 
but yeah, uh, it does. It does seem like everyone's kind of the old guard is kind of hanging up their headphones a little bit, um, and we're 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 still sticking around. Um, so yeah, we were just going to talk a little bit about about that, about whether and whether it's. I I wish this was a visual pod. Visual vid, oh, fucking words. I mean, visual for, for all intents and purposes, Steve, it is a visual podcast. <laughs> we do get a video recorded every week. Oh well, yeah, this is true. Uh, maybe we should put it up. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know where I'm going with this now. I've I've backed myself into a corner. Uh, last man standing. Stuff things. Um, yeah. you can, now you, you got anything to you try? Can, you guys are so fucking helpful. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 like the um, the 2001 action epic uh, Jet Li's The One, starring Ooh. Jason Statham, with possibly the best um, American accent there's ever been. In a film. <laughs> um, <laughs> or for the older gentleman in the audience, the Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Christopher Lambert, um, yeah, I think I think it's really interesting this idea of not necessarily last man standing, but kind of I think you put the old guard really well, Steve, like like mm. passing on the baton or yeah, um, keeping something going, and it, and obviously this is what we all do as yeah. makers. We are, we are all keeping stuff going. Um, Keeping the fires burning, keeping the craft alive, keeping cars on the road. You know, the guys at the garage were laughing at me um, yeah. when I brought the car down. I was like, "Why?" It, it why wasn't because you... of the car. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> they were laughing at me for several reasons. Um, <laughs> but this is kind of the mentality of people today: is that everything's disposable, everything is needs to be updated every year, everything you know has to be the latest and greatest, and there's a lack of kind of respect for longevity and equity in in yeah. in in having something that's established and like we've not been doing this very long but there's 180 episodes under the belt yeah and i think that's that's a testament to stubbornness if nothing else <laughs> you know um occasionally we might have to take a break there might be like you know like stress hits us all you know we 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 can't necessarily dedicate the time because it's it's hard you know this is not yeah. a job for us this is yeah. this is something we're doing because we enjoy it and we yeah. hope hope that you guys enjoy it as well um but I, I i love the idea of this kind of not necessarily the last one i think the yeah. the highlander extreme is a bit too much like <clears throat> as a kid i was always terrified of the highlander because i didn't know what would happen when there, there yeah. would only be one left, yeah, I like the fact that there wasn't only one, because it meant there was still a story and there was still an adventure. Yeah, like if Connor is the only Highlander left, who's he going to fight? Yeah, what's the point? How are we going to make jokes about Joel if <laughs> if there's no way I've said too much podcast yeah. anymore? You know, so I, I I definitely don't want to be this kind of like I'm the only podcast left. No, but I do like the idea of keeping the fires burning. I think that's yeah. a nice way of spinning kind of um, this last man standing thing, you know. I also absolutely would love to do Touch the Truck because I am the most stubborn motherfucker <laughs> ever. So, <laughs> yes. I would win the shit out of Touch the Truck. I, I, I think, like, there's... 
like people people like have this this idea like i I like the fact that you said you, you don't want to be the actual the last one there because um weirdly enough we were talking about um on the class one of the guys was wearing a g-shock uh watch and he said that like his last one had lasted him for years and years so he just got a new one and it mm. just like this one happened to have like a pedometer in it and and shit like that um and then we were talking about like the the old casio pedometer no you dickhead um the old casio the classic one that i can't ever remember the the model number for but it's the famous one that everyone had the black kid. one yeah 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 um the terrorist watch actually yes yes uh but yeah like every, everyone had that and like i've i've got a friend who's still, 95 argos sorry still <laughs> such a prick still has one to this day and still uses it as his daily watch and um and one of the guys was saying like he's got a friend who's got one of the like the casio calculator watches mm. and um he absolutely loves it and it's still in perfect working condition but he can't actually wear it and use it anymore because it's too valuable because it is a rarity it's a, it's become a collector's item and he can <laughs> no longer like he doesn't want to use it because he's worried that it's it's going to smash or break or whatever so like i think by like by becoming the the last man or or becoming a rarity you kind of you you, you can get a little bit too precious about it like one of the one of the my favorite things about this podcast is the fact that we don't really tend to talk too much about making we just ramble for anywhere between an hour and four hours um mm -hmm. about random shit uh usually diverge into food and films um and then wrap it up and, and that's kind of it like we don't have to uh we don't have to stick to making because we're not beholden to anyone because although we sit within the maker community <laughs> there's there's other people out there doing the you know well this is this tool that you want to use for this and this is how you do this thing like so we're we're free to do whatever we want we're, we're not under any obligation to um to be the like the last bastions of blacksmithing or woodwork or whatever um i think it's quite nice to to not have that uh that sort of responsibility and it's, i think it's the same with with crafts and sales like i i'm really glad that we we within the workshop we try to do quite traditional style um forgings in that we you know we don't weld stuff and and all of that but at the same time we still use a power hammer we still use a press um we still have some stuff laser cut and like the the copper stuff is now a lot of that is spun like we're not afraid to use modern technology um because we don't feel like we're we're not responsible for 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 upholding all of the traditions because there's there's enough other people out there doing it it is not the strongest of the species that survives or the most intelligent it is the one that is most adaptable to change i like that, that. is spiffy <laughs> <laughs> oh wait where is that from um it's child money okay yeah. okay so here's my thing i know we're talking about the podcast and steve commenting on the crafts and keeping the dreams alive but I was talking to Steve a little bit in the pre-show and so much of this, uh, you know, other people kind of bowing out gracefully because they have other things to get onto. It, it just reminds me of, I feel like we three are a pretty decent example of what it means to be tenacious or driven, unwavering, whatever kind of word you want to use to describe it. But 
Al, since the inception of this podcast, you know, and you joining on uh, a little bit before me, think of some, what some have said rescued, but I'm oh, there you, go, ah! there you go. Some, Love you. you know, I kind of failed to remember these, uh, the history that has happened over the last three years. Has it been three years or so where Steve dealing with IT job and then leaving the IT job and then uh, the forge, you know, was it was producing, but like he was jumping back and forth trying to find enough work to to cover um, the life change. I've obviously had my own shit going on between the moving upstate and then moving out here years later and just everything that was wrapped up in it. And Al, you've been, you still work a full-time job and then having to shift that during the pandemic. And then now you're on to doing these cars. Everything about this, we keep saying last man standing, but it's more just the person that has the drive to keep pushing when the things get put in the way. Like all of these hurdles and speed bumps that get put in front of you. I feel like people that really have a habit of sticking to a safety zone or they never really feel like they progress too far in life. It's because they, they've played it safe. You know, they, they see the roadblocks and then they just find a, a another street to drive down. Whereas we're like, no, I'm going that way, whatever it takes to get over. But that skill, would you call it a skill? Al, you've said it multiple times that it's stubbornness. It's sheer stubbornness and hardheadedness. You just blast through until you get to where you need to go. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a virtue. But like, I, I'm, I'm self-effacing when I call it stubbornness. You calling it tenacity, I think is much more generous of a, of a way of describing it. But you know, that that has been how I have been described by others. My entire life is stubborn, but that's the reason why I am where I am and yeah. why I do what I do and, and you know, how I can learn what I do and, you know, and fail how I fail. It's because mm -hmm. of that, that virtue, whether it's, whether you call it tenacity or, you know, pig ignorance or whatever you want to call it, you know? <laughs> yeah. But if you're able to, you know, Steve, you are unwavering. I know, I know you have tons of, stuff in your life and you've had tons of shifts in the last few years but like you are unshakable in terms of when work needs to get done it doesn't matter what else is going on in your life if work needs doing you're the first person to step up and do it underslept underfed <laughs> i've seen you do it at jimmy's place during the classes just you are unshakable and it's something that i admire a lot about you but i don't honestly know a lot of people that can pull the kind of workloads and hours that both of you guys, you know, I've, I've talked to both of you over the last few years when it's just been that level of stress, overwhelmed, underslept, all of it. And you always, both of you always come out on the other side. And it's like, yeah, that sucked. But you don't get bogged down talking about it for the next three weeks about how bad it was and just dwelling and dwelling and dwelling it might as well have happened in a blink of an eye and then you're on the other side of it. Yeah. It, not a lot of people do that. And it, it is, it is a skill. It's, it's a weird one. Cause I, I think with that, like, I, I think the reason that we don't tend to spend a lot of time afterwards going, Oh fuck, that was really hard is because generally it's like, right. Okay. That's done. Let's get on to the next thing. Uh, as opposed to kind of going, Oh, that was, that was difficult. I need, I need a week to recover. Like, it's just like, right. Okay. That's, that's done. Like I, yeah, um, I don't. I don't think. Uh, basically, I think a lot of it comes from working in hospitality. Or <laughs> I was just gonna say it. Yeah. it's because I used to be a chef. Yeah, like <laughs> you. You just if you 
like there's certain jobs where you just don't have the opportunity. It's like, and like for me, like growing up on a farm, like if if shit needs to get done, shit needs to get done. There's no like if you've got 300 cows that you know need looking after or that have got out, it doesn't matter how little sleep you've had. You've you've got to go and do it. It's, um, and like and and if you're in a, a restaurant or a pub, like if it doesn't matter if you feel like shit. There's there's a thousand people that need feeding and watering. Like you just have to get that shit done, and then after that's done you then have a choice it's like right i've got i've got seven hours until i need to do all that again i've got a choice i can either sit down with everyone that i've just been in the trenches with and have a beer and relax and mm. and chill out for a couple of hours and then maybe get four hours sleep or i can go home now and you know i might get six or seven hours sleep and generally you just kind of go six like, or seven hours sleep. Exactly. <laughs> Generally, you just go. Oh, fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a couple beers, and then after you've had a couple beers, you have a couple more, and you end up getting like one, maybe two hours sleep, and and you just. Deal but with it's it. the best one or two hours of sleep you've had <laughs> yeah. in a long time. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, you get up the next day and you you do it all over again. And I think when you, when you kind of you are used to doing that week in week out, it 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 doesn't become quite such a a hardship like for me I, I struggle more with doing nothing than yeah mm -hmm. being busy mm -hmm. i think i think this weekend was a perfect example of it and again brett apologize for the kind of the trivial distances and times involved here <laughs> in the uk but like the faces that people pulled when i said they'd driven from leeds to pick this shit up they just couldn't believe it mm -hmm. and it happened it happened when i went down to the um the suzuki graveyard when i went all the way down to, to plymouth which was fucking amazing. And like I said, one of the best days out ever. And it was just this fun heaven going around picking bits off cars. Um, and I'd do it again tomorrow. But he, he just couldn't believe that I'd driven from Leeds. And all these guys I went to see at the weekend, they were the same. Like, yeah, they were just like gobsmacked. I was like, well, you wouldn't fucking post parts to me. <laughs> but I'm here because of you. Because you, yeah. you're too lazy to, to not even go to the post office. You're too lazy to have someone come to your house and pick bits up from your yeah. house in a van and drive yeah. them to me you're too lazy to do that so what i have to do is drive the length of the fucking country and you're the one looking at me saying you can't believe it yeah and it's just like well you just gotta take control you've got to take it into your own hands and th this situation happens every day in my life like th this again it's 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 not that it's a virtue of being being tenacious or stubborn or like determined or anything so it's just like we well, you're not going to do it yeah. You're clearly not going to do it. And I, and I see it every day at work, every job I've ever had, every industry I've ever been in, every tradesman that's ever come to my house, every shop I've ever been in, every pub I've ever been in. There's people who are not willing to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's people who are not willing to go out of their fucking ways if everything's a massive inconvenience to them. Yeah. And it doesn't that doesn't make me a martyr or it doesn't make me special or like some sort of like overachieving you know, like selfless messiah. It's no. just like, no, I'm just not bone idol. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as much as anything, like, because I've had it with, uh, again, with, with, with hospitality and, and even to a, a certain extent, like doing events and stuff like that. Like it, it's that whole thing of like, I could sit and sit here and explain to you why it's better if we all just did the work and like shared it out evenly. Or I could just, just fucking get on and do it and then it's done and then i don't have to sit and babysit you making sure you're doing it right like if i just get on and do it then i know it's done mm -hmm. i know it's done right and generally 
like I, I tend to find if um if you're especially if you're in a group of people where um where everyone's kind of fair going like oh well maybe we should do it this way no i don't think we've got time to do it yet and all that sort of fucking shit if you just start moving stuff around then everyone else then joins in and i mean like owl is a perfect example of that kind of like always a fucking example (laughs) not always a good example though that's what i mean (laughs) um but like if you say right this thing needs doing I will start doing it and then figure out how he's going to do it as he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Like that, that first year that we were, um, that we were at gyms and we got there and the fucking, the, the field was flooded. The, the blacksmith shop was flooded. Like everything was everywhere. And like, there was kind of a bit of like standing around talking and going, well, there's some stones over there that we could maybe move over here and this. And then, and then it was just standing around talking for ages. And me and Al just kind of looked at each other like, should we just go get some fucking bones and start, start doing <laughs> just it? Just do it. Yeah. And so we just went off and we started moving over. And then everyone else just kind of went, oh, fuck. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, okay, we'll we come join in. And and it, I think a lot of it is knowing when... I, th- this has gone massively off the, the last man standing thing. But I think, like, this sort of stuff, I think a lot of it is just knowing that... No, I disagree, Steve, because these are the people that would be left standing. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good point. But... Yeah, I think a lot of it is just understanding when when a job actually needs or when something needs doing and when it's appropriate to to stand around and discuss it and come up with a plan and when it's appropriate to just go, right, okay, let's just fucking get it done. Oh, I agree with Al, though, that these are the kind of folks that would end up, let's, let's equate it to the zombie apocalypse situation that everyone always says, you know, like, oh, it'd be so good to know this really talented maker in the zombie apocalypse. Well... I think of it less as whoever that maker is that's being referred to. It's not because they know how to make everything and they can make yeah. you a table in the apocalypse. Cause you don't need one of those. The people that I think of in those situations are um, like very wide spectrum of usable skills, the ability to use scrap into a project. Cause that's what you're going to be left with. There's not going to be lumber mills, you know, running wood for you anymore. <laughs> Prices, haha. No, God, lumber <laughs> prices. They're apocalyptic. Um, I'm pretty sure the people that come to mind in this whole, oh, if it really came down to the the last people on earth, or like you're trying to get through this dystopian nightmare, it's the folks that have the grit and hard headedness to just go, oh yeah, I'm not gonna let this beat me, and all of my skills are going to get put to the test and I'll just keep progressing forward until we figure this thing out. I don't, I don't care how nice your resin table is when the zombies are coming, they won't give a shit, but I, I, I really like my memory of Steve. I'm just going to throw this out there. When we were at Jimmy's uh, blacksmithing event and it was all of us there, we were moving propane tanks over to the, the forge yeah. area. And the there were, I think three of them. And we needed to move uh, the post vices and all these things. And everyone's like dragging very slowly or figuring out if we need to go get dollies or whatever. Steve takes one of the big white tanks and just chucks it over his shoulder and just walks it all the way over there. And I think everybody that was standing there was like, well, I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But you just had a no bullshit like, oh, we just need to get this done. Doesn't matter how heavy it was. You didn't even check it check it like before you just 
<laughs> heaved it onto your shoulder and walked like a Spartan. <laughs> but I mean, the, the thing is, is like that, that makes it sound like it was such a big macho thing, but the reality of that, he knew it was empty. He looked where the condensation level was on the tank <laughs> on the outside. Like, the reality of that was, is the fact that everyone else was like rolling it along the ground. And I was like, I can't do that because it hurts my back and my knees and it makes me... <laughs> he was just being lazy. Yeah, it gives me acid <laughs> reflux. So if I just hoik up onto my shoulder, that's fine. I can I can carry it then. Um, but yeah, like, it it's funny because you you say that about like the, the kind of... Not necessarily the... I get what you mean about the, the, the people that can kind of um, just put their heads down and get on with it. Um, but at the same time, I do think there is something to be said for those that 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 take a little bit more time to to refine things and get things looking nice. And and with um, especially within like this sort of uh, the, the the making, if, you, if you're looking to sell stuff, like mm -hmm. it's it's that whole thing of like, well, you know, I I can I can crack on and I can just be like, right, fuck it, I'm going to make a a thing that does a job. So you know, I, I'm going to make a thing that cuts up wood. That's it. Um, and yeah, I can, I can go ahead and I can forge it out and I can take half an hour, get something done that does the job, right, fuck it, done, on to the next thing. Or I can spend a couple of days and I can make something that's really nice and really nicely refined. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're talking zombie apocalypse, then probably the half hour one is, is going to be good enough. Um, but in... Can I just caveat that yeah. I do still want ice cream themed rugs in the zombie apocalypse? Yes. <laughs> Uh, to, to be fair, I, uh, if we're talking zombie apocalypse teams, first person I'm choosing is James from Mortal Make because he can do because he's got a pickup truck, <laughs> not even because of that. Because I've got a Lambo, which is does so he animated. though? I remember how short the bed of that thing well, yeah, is. He's, he's, he's got a tall Volkswagen Golf, yeah. Ugh. Um, but he can do pretty much anything. Uh, he's fucking hilarious and he can patch you up. Um, so yeah, you know, and he, brew beer, and brew beer. Yes, and brew beer. Not that I can drink the beer, but yeah. Um, MVP apocalypse <laughs> teammate. Yeah. Uh, he's fucking brilliant. Um, but yeah, it, like in in a kind of uh, real world setting, like the person that's taking that little bit of time to go the extra mile and and do something that's a bit more refined, that's probably that that's probably the person that's taking a minute and going. Actually, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to plan how I'm actually going to do this. Like one of the massive headaches we have at work is the fact that so often we'll uh we'll decide something he's doing just be like right fuck it bullet shot like bullet the gates just go we're gonna get it done and then a day later we're going ah, fuck, if we just spent 10 minutes thinking about this we would have saved ourselves a whole lot of headaches mm -hmm. um and yeah so I, I think a lot of it is kind of finding the balance between those two um attitudes and finding a way to kind of uh to have both either have both sides within your own personality or find someone that that complements you um complements your personality whatever that personality is um like for example me and my brother cannot work with each other at all um and we neither of us can work with like if the two of us are together we cannot work with my dad because my dad just wants to sit and figure everything out and think of the nice way of doing it. Me and Chris already know what we're doing when we're working together, so we can just crack on and do it, but he wants to stop and, and talk about it. Uh, but if it's just me and Chris, then we'll have a slight disagreement. We'll end up at loggerheads just disagreeing with each other about the 
the most efficient, quickest way to do it. Uh, but me and my dad can work together really well because he'll consider it and I'll just turn and say, that's great, but we don't need to worry about that yet. Let's just get on with this bit. Um, and so, yeah, I think finding someone that kind of complements your, uh, your personality and your attitude um, is really helpful in a situation where you're making shit. Is that why we've lasted so long and we keep, we keep on going is because the three of us just work so well together. <laughs> no, it's, it's because none of us listen to the other two. So we're all just being narcissists talking constantly. Um, <laughs> I genuinely think the reason that, that we're still going, and I was talking to uh, some of the people about this the other day, the reason that we're still going is because like I said earlier on, we, we don't really talk about making, we just talk bollocks for two hours and, and then spiff some people. Um, which, you know, in, in itself, you could say is pretty spiffing. People that we think that are spiffing. You can't spiff spiffing. Yes, you can, and I just fucking did it. Okay, cool. Uh, have you got an order? Uh, yeah, it's bizarre. Bizarre. Uh, Brett, that means you are first. How bizarre that I'm first. So I kind of spiffed this person in my Instagram stories yesterday, but I happen to be watching a YouTube channel that I've spiffed before called Corridor Digital, and they happen to be commenting about good and bad CG in filmmaking. And who better to come up in their example of good CG and Ian Huberts, he is effectively a one-man band. Like, he has a team behind him. You know, he asks his friends and his partner to film what is this, what is effectively a dystopian story that he's going to be telling. He's been working on it for years. He's doing most of the production by himself and the world building. And the way he's producing this project, I cannot wait for more episodes to come out, but he even made the joke, um, you know, we'll put it in the show notes so you guys can maybe go watch the first episode of his project, but at the very end of it in the credits, it's like, see you again in three years, because it took <laughs> that long to get the first episode out. But I've heard nothing but good things. I've never personally met Ian, but uh, actually Jess has. He is really good friends with Michael Alm and Sean, uh, maker on the move, Sean. Actually, he's his roommate. Like they live in the same area. <laughs> so, uh, but Michael, Michael messaged me. He was like, he's like a good friend of mine. I'm like, oh man, he's just connected to good people. He's very yeah. humble in the little interview they did on the corridor uh, video. Just seems like a nice guy. But when we're talking about, you know, being tenacious or or working on your own project or pushing through everything, this is this is the idea of working on a script let alone a full movie, but a script and, and questioning yourself after, you know, six months of work, I'm like no one's going to like this and just pushing through until you finally get the script done and then try and go sell it to Hollywood. Like, I don't even think he's going for a full Hollywood production version. I think the idea is that he wants to be able to produce it all himself and good golly, Miss Molly. Mm -hmm. I had a really enjoyable time watching uh, a lot of the behind the scenes that he includes on his channel. So Ian Hubert's, Please go check out his channel. Watch the first project if you get 20 minutes to yourself. I I think it is only more respectable knowing that it is a very like 
thin team, mostly just him by himself doing this. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good, good shout. Um, uh, I am next. Um, I am going to... This is a, a full respiff, but the person is no longer on social media. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know if we're even going to be able to put anything in the shows. I don't think we can. Um, but uh, Jim, Wave Cycles Jim, the old ship, uh, for no particular reason, he's just like, after we were talking about people that are a bit kind of tenacious and just fucking put their heads down and get on with shit, like Jim is such a good example of that, but also someone that will think things through, possibly a little bit too much at times, um, but will just get shit done, uh, which is why he's coming down to help me work on the truck. Because mm. I can be like, Jim, this is this is the end goal. Tell me what I need to do and then do it for me. Um, but yeah, Jim is fucking wonderful. He is a lovely person. Um, and he, yeah, he's he's spiffing. Um, I would say go check him out, but you, you can't. Um, sorry. Ow! Mm. You're next. Sorry, I'm just laughing. Did I... I spiffed um, low-cost cosplay, didn't I? No. I don't know that you have. Okay, well, I'm spiffing low-cost cosplay because okay. it's amazing. Um, it's just this rather rotund um, Asian gentleman who basically uses, oh, yes. uses his body to make uh, yes. cosplay <laughs> in amazing seen. fashion. Uh, and it's fucking great. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, I've... I didn't actually know that there was an Instagram account for it. I've only yeah. ever seen it on like nine gag and stuff. But low yeah. cost cosplay th. Yeah, um, his latest one is Loki, and it's amazing. <laughs> and I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna spoil it by describing what he does and how he does it. But yeah, that's fucking the, the ingenuity. He's he's definitely on the uh, the zombie apocalypse list just just because yeah. of his his ingenuity. Yeah, he's fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, no, that's a great shout. Uh, right. It's... Uh, fucking hell. Sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't be looking at his page whilst I'm trying to talk. It's fucking uh, great. It's fucking brilliant. Uh, is there any other business? Yes, just in terms of podcasts and um, the dying breed. Uh, so Sumo from Sumo's Projects, who yes. I've kind of spoken about in the past, um, thoroughly bloody nice bloke. Um, he now has a podcast called Measure Twice, Cut Once. Oh, cool. Obviously, a woodworking podcast. Um, but they talk about all sorts of things. You know, he's lived a hell of a life. He's a trucker. They they have stories to tell. Um, but this week's episode will have um DIY for knuckleheads on. So Uncle Knackers, mm, who's nice. like yeah. the the big sort of Australian um woodworking YouTuber, um, who's also hilarious and loads of fun but also great at just woodworking tips and tricks um right. so he'll be on this week it's actually tonight but then that won't be until out until yeah. wednesday whenever brett does the edit yeah so check it out also the the podcast is great um it's just it's it's kind of like this but yeah. with more drinking Yay. <laughs> what what was it called again low measure twice cut once that's it is the i don't know it's because I've got the fucking thing still open. That's why I was thinking low cost. But I it's low cost it. cosplay. The podcast. Yeah. Uh, Measure twice, cut once. Brilliant shout. Also, speaking of uh, Australians, um, uh, I was watching 
Nat's what I reckon the other day and uh, noticed that he had a t-shirt on from that motor channel that you spiffed that I can't ever remember the fucking name of. The Skid Factory. That's the one. Uh, yeah, it was really good. There you go. And I also, got... another bit of... Um, what's it called? Any other business? Uh, for some reason, the episode this week of That's What I Reckon was like a themed episode about the castle, yeah. the film. Yeah. If you've not seen The Castle, it's a really good film. There are a lot of really good, like indie Australian films like that. We we would call them indie because we're patronising Westerners <laughs> in Australia. They're massive blockbuster films that everybody's seen. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. watch The Castle. It's great, and it's got Eric Banner in in like nineteen ninety seven before Eric Banner became massively famous and then disappeared off the face of the planet. Yeah, um, yeah, The Castle. Nice. Watch it. Cool. Uh, I've not seen the latest episode yet. Should I watch The Castle before I watch the episode then? Uh, if you watch the film first, it will make the episode a hundred times more amusing. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I will. Um. Uh, I I will see if it's on a streaming service. Just do what I did with Once for Warriors and buy a a, a Blu-ray <laughs> mm. <laughs> because it's not anywhere to be found. I I don't I don't have a Blu-ray player. Buy a, a video. Buy a HD DVD, and then buy the separate adapter for your Xbox 360, so you can play HD DVDs. Because that's how you win a format war. Yeah, that, that's and to be fair, the only thing that I've got that will play. Any and that's why Blu-ray is the last man standing. Ooh, very good, clever girl. Um, uh, yeah, no, I've I've got a shitload of DVDs, and I don't, I can't actually play any because I don't have a DVD player. Um. I should get a DVD player That's, and a like a surround sound DVD. I don't know why I'm talking about this now. <laughs> just, just stop the show up. Just <laughs> yeah. do the wrap up. Bit. Yeah. Uh, it's because I need to pee. So I'm getting excited about peeing. Um, yes. If you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Driving around in a car that I can drive on the road. Chuck. Yeah. Uh, everyone find us as a group, FWT Podcast, or Fools with Tools, everywhere. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for still being here after the 180 episodes. Um, we're not going to do Fooling It 200, because that's far too much effort. Um, and also because we're, we're lazy. Um, but we uh, we look forward to seeing you all at some events soon maybe sometime i think uh yeah what are you what are you what are you doing what are you counting i'm just working out when it would be it'd be like mid-october it would be mid-october oh almost in time for makers camp uh so we should all go to makers camp and cuddle and lick each other's faces um <laughs> right uh until next time we love you all we'll see you then Bye-bye. bye bye <laughs>